Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I'm coming to you today from my car in beautiful stormy weather here in Alabama. Um, as you all know, we had that hurricane that went through Louisiana um, yesterday and into today in Mississippi. So let's keep all them people in mind and send them some good thoughts as we uh, go through our day. Today is Sunday or Sunni's Daga or Sunday or Sunni's Day, whatever you want to call it. Um, Sunni being the person that drives the sun around the earth and keeps our days in, in line and being chased by a great wolf that tries to consume the sun. So let's give them honor today and all that they do and taking that sun around and giving us daylight and keeping our days and calendar set. With that said, let's talk today a little bit about some modern heathen thoughts and concerns and uh, join me while I do that. So give me a few moments here, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, whatever you like to grab and sit back, relax and let's talk about some modern heathenry today, guys. I'll be right back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So with that said, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beard oil, but Beast Curiosity is a place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you guys and have a great day. Well, guys, I'm back, and it's a great Sunni dogger here. So let's talk about some opportunities that we might have right now. 
You know, as I discussed a little bit earlier, I said that that hurricane had gone through Louisiana and Mississippi, and we're getting some of it here in Alabama. You know, it's our time right now to shine as modern heathen people, you know, to show that we, too, have the ability to care for those around us. Um, There's going to be blood drives, there's going to be food drives, there's going to be a bunch of different things that we can do to go ahead and help those people that have been in those disaster areas from those that hurricane or from the flooding or anything like that so we have the opportunity to show people how we as heathens are able to help as well um all too often you know people think of us as people who don't care about those around us who only care about ourselves and only care about what we can do for ourselves i'm thinking this is a wonderful opportunity for us to show out show a difference make a difference um in the community and begin to really build ourselves up as a community-oriented um, path or religion or whatever you want to call it. We have a great, great, great thing with our nine noble virtues. And within those, you know, we're supposed to help each other out and do the things we're supposed to do. So let's show the world how we do that. Now, some might be asking, well, you know, what do we do? So the first thing we need to do is we need to get a group of people or a group of heathens together to decide that we're going to do that. We're going to help out and we're going to help those people in need. The second thing we have to do is we have to find those people that are in need. I mean, they put stuff out all the time for people in need. I'm sure you could contact the food bank down there in um, Louisiana or in Mississippi and say, hey, you know, do you need some food? We'd like to make a run down there. And then we just need to organize an actual run there, you know, collect stuff in our area, from other people, too. I mean, it doesn't have to just be us. We can put out a thing and say, hey, you know, we're doing a collection here for, you know, this place in Mississippi and drop your stuff off here and we'll drive it down there and make sure that they get it. So, you know, and then just put put your name on it, you know, put, you know, whatever kindred or whatever heathen group you want to call yourself, put your name on that and let people know that, you know, this is heathens helping people in the world that we don't have to be just those people who help ourselves or our own community, that we can help other communities as well. Um, Just like the Red Cross doesn't care whether you're Christian or heathen or whatever you are, the Crescent Cross doesn't require you to be Muslim or anything like that. It's just the foundation for those organizations. So with that said, let's let's use this time to shine. Let's use this time to be go-getters. Let's get our friends together, our neighbors together, and those that call themselves heathen together to go ahead and begin to build community effort to help out in the community. So we could do clothing drives. We could do food drives. We could do medical need drives. Um, like first aid stuff. I mean, you could collect all that. Basic toiletries, I mean, soap, shampoos, you know, as long as they're still in the package. And they're wrapped, you could do soap, shampoos, toothpaste, toothbrush, all those good toiletry things you can put together. You can make toiletry packs where you take like a uh, full towel, a face towel, and a washcloth, and you wrap up in there a bar of soap, a thing of shampoo, um, a toothbrush, toothpaste, you know, maybe some deodorant, some, um, you know, cross the board deodorant for both men and women, wrap that all up in there, throw that whole thing into a bag. And now you have one sanitary kit for somebody that they can go and, you know, get a shower or something and, you know, feel good about themselves and, you know, feel clean at least, you know, or throw some laundry detergent there, whatever you want. Um, laundry detergent, you can do that, you know, you could do, um, all different types of things, whatever you can think of, 
Heck, even candy. Some people feel happy to have some candy, you know, when they're at their worst. So, you can collect candy packages and make packages of sweetness and happiness and, you know, send them down as that sweet, happy package of goodness from the healing community of, you know, wherever you're from. So, it's just our, our chance to go ahead and do that, to help out our places. Um, building materials, you know, people need to repair their homes and stuff. If you're, uh, you know, know somebody with a, uh, you know, building material place, you might be able to go ahead and get donations from them, you know, for your heathen community to deliver building material down to Louisiana or Mississippi or, you know, things of that nature. So any number of things can help people. And it's just our, our like I keep saying, it's our opportunity to shine, to be different, to show the world that we're not just those people who care about ourselves. Um you know, it'll, it'll bring light to us. It'll show that we are a caring community, a compassionate community of believers that don't just care about ourselves. They care about our community as a whole. And, you know, with that said, that, that becomes more and more welcoming to people as we start to do those things. And people begin to see us in a different light then, um, not just because we gave them something, but because we gave the community back something. We can use this opportunity to do things like coat drives, and we're getting ready to go back to school. You know, a lot of schools need supplies. A lot of kids going to school need supplies. Uh, we could do a back-to-school drive or a, you know, where we collect backpacks, and we fill them with, like, notebooks and pencils and pens and crayons and markers and glue and, you know, all the good things on those lists that they have at Walmart that kids need. Or you could just get together as a kindred and buy a big bunch of that stuff at Walmart, put together 10 or 12 bags and donate it to the school in the name of the kindred or in the name of whatever group you want to have yourself as and have it available for a kid to come up and pick up on their first day of school that may not have stuff. You know, just remain anonymous or whatever, but hey, you know, we're donating this or new sneakers or some clothing or something for the kids for school. And then a coat drive for the winter and gloves and hats and scarves and things of that nature. There's so many opportunities that we have as people um, to go ahead and be better people within the community that it's, it's mind-boggling. We could just take this opportunity to really get to be out there and get to be known um, after we form the kindred or after we form the group that we want to be called, whatever. I mean, there's just ways of getting out in the community and letting people know that you're there, number one. Know that you're doing good, number two. And know that you're needed, number three. You know, if you produce that need, then people look at you a different way. So um, with that said, I'm going to take a break here for a few moments and uh, collect some thoughts. And I'll come back and I'll talk to you a little bit more about you know, um, what we can do for those people that are getting ready to um, come out of this great big storm and see how things go. Anyway, I'll talk to you in a few moments, guys. Thanks. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, 
it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of five to six inches for $40. Seven to eight inches for $45. Nine to 10 for 50. And 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hamdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So you can meet anybody's needs. Tell them what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey, when I'm back, thanks for waiting for me to come back. I appreciate that. So one of the other things I was going to say that goes along with yesterday's um, episode, there are a lot of heathen businesses in Mississippi and in Louisiana. Um, one of the best things you can do is maybe get online and begin actually buying from them at this point. This way, these people don't feel like um, they're just receiving handouts. Um, if there's something that you truly need or are truly looking for, you can go ahead and purchase it directly from that business. If that business still has the ability to keep running, they'll be able to supply that need for you. They'll get the cash they need it, and they'll feel like they're actually working for that money that's coming in, not just receiving a handout, which again, a part of our noble virtues is to have self-reliance. So they'll feel like they're meeting those needs as well. Um, that opportunity is a great one because then it, it does two things. It's heathens helping heathens, number one. Number two, it's helping with the nine noble virtues of self-reliance. Number three, it's making them feel good because they are supplying a product for money and it's building their business because now you are actually buying from them and being able to get their goods out and tell people about them. So, I mean, it's just so good that we would be able to do that um, for them as well. So, I mean, look around, try to figure out what we can do for these people. Good thoughts, good intentions their way, some sacrifices for them maybe, um, and your home bloats and things of that nature. But definitely we want to try to do something for them. Um, I'm working with my kindred here in the next week or so to see what we can do to get some stuff to Louisiana because we're fairly close and Mississippi. And I know for a fact that we have some family and friends that are in Louisiana and Mississippi through our kindred. So we want to go ahead and um, take care of them as well. There are so many different opportunities we have um, as modern heathens to go ahead and help these people. Um, Blood drives, I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not into blood drives personally. But um, other things, whatever you can do 
make yourself feel like a useful heathen in helping those that need help at this time because of this um, hurricane that came through. It's our first of the year. It definitely won't be our last, so don't you know blow all your steam off at one time. Um, hopefully we won't have any more, to be honest with you, but in the same token, let's do what we can to help those that are um, in need around us that are heathens. Again, heathens helping heathens and heathens helping the community is a really good thing, so we want to you know make sure we're meeting both of those needs at the same time. So that's on that topic. Um, the other topic I'd like to talk to you today about is the new bloat coming up of Freyfaxi. Um, we're getting ready to have ours on the 3rd of August, you know, and celebrating the harvest and all that other good stuff. I usually make some, um, fresh bread. I make some fresh butter, literally churn my own butter and make bread from scratch and stuff like that. I usually make three or four loaves of bread from scratch and I make probably about two pounds of butter. Um, I churn up and, and make, you know, fresh butter from scratch. I really like doing that because it shows a farm type thing, you know, bread and butter is a common thing and, you know, it's a good, good practice. But, you know, what, what are we really celebrating? You know, we're, we're celebrating, you know, Freyfaxi and we're celebrating the idea of the harvest and how, um, we have abundance at this time and we're able to go ahead and create things. So I want to make sure that we remember our ancestors in that, in the sense that, you know, they were coming to the end of their summer. They were beginning to do their harvests. And um, although they had abundance, they had to make sure that they had those things that would last the entire winter. You know, winter here in America, um, unless you're in like Maine or New Hampshire, is not winter like it was in, you know, Northern Europe or Iceland or even Greenland. Um, we're talking with some harsh, harsh winters. Um, North Dakota, obviously, don't get me wrong, North Dakota knows what it's like, South Dakota, um, Idaho, you know, and places like that know what it's like to have a harsh winter. Um, but, you know, the difference is we have homes with heating and we have homes with, you know, fireplaces and stuff. And these people lived off the land. I mean, our ancestors were, were really rugged people, um, and they were farmers, and, you know, we wouldn't need to honor them for that and honor the idea of how they would have felt as they began to harvest, as they began to have a small amount of abundance, you know, in the back of their head was still that idea of, will I have enough to last me for the rest of the winter? Um, the darkness, the great hunt, the, you know, whatever you want to call it is running and, um, they're thinking, I want to make sure we don't starve. I want to make sure my animals don't starve. I want to make sure my, you know, family's well taken care of. But usually, inevitably, they've ran enough food before um, that time frame came. So we need to really, you know, think about how they felt and think about what's going on with them. And they can help us through, you know, our times right now. You know, we're going through these times where, you know, money's tight for everybody. Work is hard and all this other stuff. And you know, they, they understand that. They have the ability to go ahead and understand that because their world wasn't much different than ours. You know, our our farming is green cabbage that has dead presidents on it, and their farming was actual vegetables so um, and grains and stuff like that. So, I mean, they understand what we're going through. It's the same concept. Um, never enough to make the ends meet. Never enough to get this or never enough to get that. Always trying to make more so that you have enough for the whole time. And it just never seemed to work out. So, you know, we, we need to honor our ancestors more, venerate them, 
let them help us through these rough times that we're going through um, today, especially as modern heathens. Um, we forget sometimes that we do have the ability to call on our ancestors and ask our people, our specific people, for advice on how they made it through things. People that know us, love us, care about us, have cared about us, or cared for our parents or grandparents or great-great-grandparents, know that we're part of their line and would be willing to go ahead and help us to the end of time. Those are the people we should be calling upon. I mean, we could call upon the gods, and everybody's so used to calling upon the gods, but, you know, you have to curry favor with them. We already own favor with our family. Our family already has favor within us because we are them. All that we are is a piece of them no matter what. No matter where they are, we are a piece of each and every one of those people we call upon as our ancestors to help us through the things that we need help through. So with that said, uh, you know, Frey Faxi's coming up. I, I want to wish you all a great Frey Faxi. We'll talk more as we get to it. I, I might even go over my bloat and do my bloat online or on the air with you so that you can join into it. Um, I always, you know, post it on my Kindred page live, um, which is something great because then people always get the opportunity to be part of it. But what I'd like to do is go ahead and go over it with you guys before I actually do it live. Um, so you can join in at your leisure, actually. So, yeah, so that'd be great. So with that said, I'm going to let you guys go for the day. It's getting kind of warm here. The sun just came out of nowhere. So the rain stopped and um, my garden got watered, which is nice. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, oh, I wanted to tell you all before I go. I created an incredible mead made out of honeysuckle flowers and honey. I mean, it was just incredibly flavorful. Um, the only different addition to that was some white grapes that I used as my yeast nutrient. So you may want to go ahead and uh, try this out. So what, I only made a gallon. So what I did was I grabbed about a one gallon of um, honeysuckle flowers. And then I made a tea. And like I just boiled water first. When the water was done boiling, I put all the flowers into the pot and covered it for two and a half hours. Just let the flowers sit in. No green parts, just the white parts, and just the centerpiece that has that wonderful honeysuckle um, sweet flavor to it. So we just let it sit there into that water for two and a half hours. I then strained that, it was probably about a quart of water. I strained that quart of water out, and I mixed uh, my honey with it while it was still warm. And then I put it into the um, gallon jug, filled the rest up with water, um, added, uh, I think it was 16 of the white grape raisins. And I pitched my yeast into it. I used an 1116 yeast and I just let it go. Um, at the end of, I think it took me three months to do. At the end of three months, I went ahead and I back sweetened it with some simple syrup. And it is incredible. Oh, it was so good. Um, I used it for the wedding that I did, and the bride and the groom loved it. They said it was one of the best, if not the best, mead they've ever had in their life. Um, it was very fruity, very um, flowery, very summerish. Um, it said wedding. Uh, you know, the bouquet was incredible with it and everything else, and they just thought it really said summertime, and it was nice when it was cool, so we chilled it, and it just came out really good. I, I didn't sweeten it too hard. I sweetened it very lightly, almost like a white Zinfandel sweetening um, or a rosé kind of sweetening, not something that's so sweet that it's too much or so 
dry that it's too much. Just right in between there, like a mid-sweetening. And oh, it was so good, they said. So I just want to let you all know I, I created that, and it was a really good thing. If you want the recipe, let me know. You can go ahead and email me at modernheathenman at gmail.com or sign on the Facebook to my Facebook page, The Modern Heathen Man, and um, write some stuff there if you want, and I'll share that recipe with you. But uh, basically, it is what I just said it was. It wasn't very hard to do at all. Very simple recipe, very nice. Um, I didn't even do bricks or anything. I didn't do any hydrometer readings. I just did my four pounds of honey for the gallon um, and, you know, the gallon of the flowers. I used a little ice cream gallon jug and I filled it to the top of the flowers, put it all in a quart of boiling water, let it steep for two and a half hours, put it all together, let it cool, pitch my yeast in the way, the 16 white raisins in there and let it go. That's, oh, my yeast was 116. So that was the whole recipe right there. Um, the type of honey I use is just the wildflower honey, a simple wildflower honey that I have. Um, but I'm a beekeeper, so it's just my honey. So yeah, just use a simple wildflower honey and it, it was really nice. So yeah. All right. With that, guys, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you all for listening and taking the time to hear me. Again, if you need to get a hold of me, you have those ways and um, you can look them up too. So I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to Modern Heathen Man. Hail to you for listening. Hail to you for the time that you've taken to listen to How to Be a Better Heathen, taking the time to understand one another and build things. Um, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble Red stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.
going? Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. My podcast is live from my car because my family and I were out all day doing stuff, getting ready for school for the boys. It's almost time, two weeks, and they'll be going to school. Karen will get his new classroom, and EJ will be going back to high school for 11th grade. Yeah, junior year. Gosh, they're, they're getting so big. It's crazy. So, yeah, we're out doing our school shopping, and it was craziness, and... Um, all the things that the teachers specifically wanted for their classrooms and, of course, the new clothing and the new shoes and socks and underwear and all the good stuff for <laughs> for school. You know what that's like. So today, we're just going to come and talk to you about modern heathenry a little bit. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about the nine noble virtues or something like that. Um, basically, just have a talk. Yeah, and, sounds uh, good. Yeah, sounds good. My wife's with me, obviously. My little son's back there. Hopefully, he'll talk tonight. I don't know. Yeah, he said hello. So hopefully he'll talk tonight. We'll see what goes on. But when we come back, we'll talk about modern heathenry. So grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself some meat or some coffee, whatever you want to do. I got myself a soda tonight. So join us as we talk about modern heathenry in the modern world and the conscript of what it is, our construct of what it is. Pardon me. So I'll be back with you in a few moments here. And thanks for joining us. Hey, everyone, Joe and Kelly and my little boy back again. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us here. So something weird happened to me yesterday. I wanted to bring it up a little bit. So we went to a local gun shop and we were doing some business there. And um, while we were there, we were waiting for something. And one of the girls that worked there said something about not going to church anymore or not attending church anymore. Do you remember that? She went, she didn't want to go to that particular church anymore. Yeah. She wouldn't go to that they, particular they church anymore. Something or whatever. Yeah. They gave, they called her name or something. And I was like, yeah, I know what that's like. And you know, and she's like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I don't want to church anymore either. And she goes, yeah, I thought I recognized the necklace, but then she left it at that. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I thought about it for a little bit and I kind of thought, man, you know, if they recognize the necklace, then we're starting to get out there. We're starting to get our movement going, our path flowing, where people are starting to recognize it. Right. But then the question arose, what did she recognize about it? And I, I almost want to go back and ask her about that. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, does she think I'm one of the ones that, you know, are a racist? Does she think I'm one of the ones that are this or one of the ones that are that? And, you know, at first, it kind of bothered me a little bit. And I thought, you know, it doesn't really matter just that the path is getting out there, just the idea of, you know, modern heathenry and people being heathen is getting out to the point that people are starting to recognize... The symbols. The symbols, like our hammer and our jewelry. Well, I had something... I haven't even told you this, because I had something similar happen the other day. Um, I think it was Sunday at work, maybe Saturday. Um, there was a gentleman that came in, and he was a truck driver. I work at a gas station, just so you all know. And... Um, this guy came in and he's like, a Thor's hammer. Yes, you wear one. He's like, I love the Vikings. I study them. They had the, the all these attributes that he was talking about. And he's like, are you Odinist? I said, no, I wouldn't consider myself an Odinist because my beliefs are a little bit different than theirs. I'm what, what we call a Satru. Similar beliefs, but a little bit different way of going about it. He's like, that is so cool. I love the Vikings. I study the culture in depthly. And I can't remember what he said the attributes were. It was like something of Sparta and something of this and something of that. And he was really, really enamored that there was somebody out there who was a Viking. 
Yeah, or or the help of the Viking belief yeah, system. The yeah, help of the Viking belief system. I mean, he still th- he thought I was a Viking. Like right. that's what I that's what I associated with. I'm like, not necessarily, but the the Norse ideals and stuff, but right. not that Viking military military right. idea. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think with the resurgence of the, of the show Vikings, um, you know, that the History Channel has done has really brought about a rebirth of the idea of Vikings, what they believed and how they believed stuff. I mean, the show didn't get too much into their religion or to um, their real practices. It followed its basic storyline with the love story and um, Ragnar Lothbrok and, you know, a couple other people and Rolo and stuff like that. Um, to be honest with you, I am related to Rolo. I mean, in my family line, Rolo is there. Right. Not That's not what drove me into Asatru, to be honest with you, but it's there, you know? So I don't hold to that or anything else other than he happens to be in my bloodline. Also, King Knut of um, England is in there and a couple other kings King that Knut you... Knut was of Norway. Of Norway, sorry, yes, of Norway, pardon me. And a couple other kings are in there that you would recognize as Viking kings. That doesn't really matter to me. I, I never really got into what they were or how they acted solely because I was part of that, just because... I just feel at home in a Satru. I mean, that's right, just right? the bottom line. You know, I think anybody who feels at home in a Satru feels that, you know, right. that that's why they come to it. Right. Because they feel at home. Right. That's why I came to it. So as I was going to say, though, the, the thing was is that with the resurgence of Vikings, a lot of people are beginning to see our path, to recognize our path. And I almost wish that the show would have done something on the lines of showing their religion or showing some of their religious practices. Right. Um, the 13th Warrior did a great thing of showing the funeral that Ibn Fadlan saw, but it really it wasn't that great. I mean, it was great, you know, the way Ibn Fadlan described it in Rus, but we weren't told that it was Rus. We weren't told that it was this. And that comes from the the Norse study in me to know where it was, how it happened and everything like that. And it was great for people to see. And the 13th warrior, of course, was a storyline, right? It's a storyline of what supposedly happened to Ibn Fadlan. Um, and it's great. I mean, if you read his writings, they're incredible. So the thing is though, with these resurgences, we see people that come out of nowhere, you know, and just oh, all of a sudden they, they want to do Viking this, Viking that, Viking the other thing. And we have to explain that we're not Vikings. We're not those people. We are Norse pagans. We are the people that do the religion of the Vikings. And to say that we're Viking is like calling every American a Marine. It just doesn't work that way. Or every American a GI or every American a flyboy. It doesn't work. I mean, there's no way that that collates to every American. And it's the same thing with the Vikings, how they were the military aspect of the people. But back home, you had the farmers, you had the laborers, you had the people that did the things that created the society the Vikings belonged to. So, yeah, I kind of wish they do some stuff in that nature and show how the Norse society truly lived. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get you get some of that with the pop culture references and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the the thing about Thor. Yeah, I was going to bring Thor up actually. Yeah. How it's totally different with uh, Stan Lee's Thor. Right. But he, I mean, he took some of the elements originally from the Norse pagan mm-hmm. myths and stuff, and then incorporated them into a superhero character. Um, but then there's like, you know, now there there's kind of an uproar in the community because. At Comic-Con this weekend, they just announced that the next 
movie, Thor was going to be a woman. Right, right. And in the comic books, he does change gender. Right. And we have to learn, you know, we have to begin to separate. And, and I've been doing this since the beginning. You know, learn to separate that Thor from our Thor. I right. mean, there can be multiple Thors, obviously. But, you know, it's a construct of what Stan Lee believed Thor would be in a comic book and to turn him into a superhero. It's nice that he gave him that, you know, name and everything else. But this is not our Thor. He has a lot of attributes of our Thor, but is not our Thor. Right. So, like, when Joe goes to the doctor, his doctor's office, they... they are always commenting on, you know, Asatru and his Thor's hammer and things like that. And there's one nurse, the last time we went in there, um, a couple weeks ago, she's like, you're Thor's hammer. I just love Thor. Right. So my question <laughs> is, do you love Thor or do you love Thor? <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're talking the movies. I love Thor, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So, but... You know, in all honesty, you know, we have to separate those things as modern pagans and as modern heathens. We have to move them aside and understand what people are doing. I mean, I told you guys about the guy at the at the uh, gas station one day when I get out and say, oh, you have a beautiful Thor's hammer that's, you know, tattooed under your calf. Oh, no, no, you know, yeah, yeah, that's Thor's thing. And then we're talking about, and I was like, sorry, you're practicing, you know, pagan. And he's like, practicing what? you know, Norse pagan, and he like, looked at me like I was crazy, didn't understand that this was a symbol of our religion, that people follow this, that this is an actual path that people follow in life to a god. Right, and now he has it on his body forever. Yeah, now he has it on his body forever, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I got a bunch of uh, Marvel, Marvel tattoos. tattoos. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not the Marvel comic hammer. That's the hammer of our religion. And he's like, oh. You know, so now he's freaking out because he has this pagan symbol on his leg, and he didn't realize it, you know? But also, like, with going along with that, we went to Walmart the other day. Yeah, I was going to say this. And, and there's... A Thor's hammer in Walmart in, yeah. in the jewelry the section. The battle axe. And the battle axe. And the Gunganeer. And the, the Gunganeer spear. And I mean, yeah. so going into Walmart in the jewelry section, now you're starting to see, now it may be the Marvel comic Thor's hammer or a representation of it, but it's there as a pagan symbol. And yep. they're getting more of that. And, you know, as far as like the witches, the, the stars for for pentacles and pentagrams and things like that and you know symbols that aren't necessarily christian related symbols they're starting right. to get more of which is kind of nice to see as well because they're starting to believe there's start to realize there's more than just the christian people right, in the world right. yeah. yeah or when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about uh, modern heathenism and modern being a modern heathen in today's society so uh give us a few moments we'll be right back Bye. hey guys we are back and I want to thank you all for listening to the promos that are in between here. Those are all heathen businesses that are looking to help you with your heathen walk and do the things that you need to get along, like with uh, runes and little um, effigies and things to keep your beard looking good and smelling good. Yeah. My wife here smells my beard. Can I smell it? Smells it smells good. You know. Yeah, it smells very really good. He uses all. He always gets this beard oil stuff. When they want him to try his products and <laughs> test them. And he gets always the big bottles that you can buy in the shop for like $5. $5 or $12, wow. dude. $12. Yeah. That, that's from our, our friend over there at Beast Curiosities. Um, 
to try the oil, so... A half-ass beard company. No, that's the other one I'm trying recently. I don't like it that much, so to be honest with you. Um, it but doesn't smell good that much. No, I think it smelled that good. I think it smelled good, but either way, it's all right. So those heathens helping heathens, getting your businesses going. Um, so, you know, check them out if you get a chance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So as we were talking about, you know, the, the modern world, you know, is getting ready to see us as heathens and learn about us and, and everything else. And, you know, we want to put our best foot forward. And we were talking yesterday about the nine noble virtues mm -hmm. and how, you know, they're, they're a good representation of Frith. You know, this is my personal idea of it. They're a good representation of Frith and what um, we should, as heathens should do and the Frith that we should bring with us and show. I mean, dude, Frith is so in depth. It's really hard to explain. Um, it's really hard to put your finger on what it is. You know it when it's there. You know when it's not there. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. But it's so hard to explain what it is. So, I mean, our best foot forward is to follow, you know, those virtues if we can. Um, a couple other, make sure we're not oath breakers. Make sure we, you know, are hospitable. One of the greatest things I've seen is the beginning of the have -em all And within those first few verses... Odin describes how we are supposed to act and treat others. Um, it's a really good idea of what we're supposed to do. I mean, he talks about the traveler coming and wants to warm himself by the fire and how we're supposed to give him a cloak and let him warm himself by the fire to fill his belly with soup or food to, you know, help him out, but keep our wits about us. Don't lose your wits and, you know, don't talk too much. Let them talk more and return a gift with a gift and so on and so forth. And, these are all great aspects, and you know, one of the best things I think he ever says is, is that a good friend's house is close no matter how far, but a bad friend's house is far no matter how close. And I think in those words, it truly describes... I, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in just those words alone, I, yep. and you know, I, I see that every day, like, it's not something... It's not something I ever learned, I don't think, growing up. Right. But it's something, you know, that, that we've come, especially us, we've come to realize very much so lately. Yeah, over the years, I mean, we, we've learned a lot about people, and it seems as if people are actually getting worse in the world. Um, you know, just the news today was horrible. I mean, guy riding around with his wife dead next to him, and he killed somebody else, and, you know, people doing bad things to kids, and... A father that shot his son in the face and then shot himself. I mean, what kind of world is this anymore? I mean, these people, they, they have no ideas. They have no path to follow. So they're just off the wall. I mean, they're just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, you know. And here we are getting beat up by Christians, even though we live a more frithful life than the, the um, average Joe, well, you know. A, a more moral life, I yeah. think, at times. and. You know, working in the public like I do, working with the public all day long, it was kind of offensive this weekend to me because I had I had a bad day on Saturday. Um, we just had a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in our lives in general. And then I go to work, and I'm having a bad day at work. There's machines down. There's this going on. There's that going on. So it's a really bad day. And I have three people approach me and ask me, where do you go to church? You should go to church more. You should really go to church. And I'm like, I, I don't need to go to a church. I don't need to go to a building to be... Get better. Yeah, to get better. I need to go home. I need to meditate. I need to 
center myself. And I, I need to get back to basics. There's been just a lot going on, and it's overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to quote Christians when I say, you know, these people, they're lost. I mean, they're... They are they're, very lost. They're in this place where I, I don't even begin to understand what it is and what's going on and, you know, what's driving them to be the way they are. You know, I, I talked to a Christian friend of mine. I have a lot of Christian friends, and um, one friend in particular I'm really close to, He's local, and him and I talk quite a bit. You know, and I, I try to explain to him the one day, you know, in our religion, we don't have a devil. We don't have a force that causes us to do evil. If we do evil, we we do evil. Right. We choose that every single day, what path we're going to take, and whether or not we're going to be a good person, a bad person, a moral person, or an in-between person. There's nobody that we can blame at the end of the road and say, oh, this person made me do it, or that person made me do it, or this spirit made me do it, or that spirit made me do it. We choose every single day how to treat people. We treat people good because that's how we're supposed to treat each other. You know, we, we care about the homeless person and the person that's hungry because they're human beings and we know what it's like to be hungry and cold and lonely and that's why we treat them the way we do not because we get some great reward at the end for doing so the reward comes from the friendship the honor and the loyalty we get from those that we do help you know our reward comes from us being good people period and i think that's one of the things you and i try to teach our children i mm -hmm. mean our one of the things we've done and we don't suggest everybody do this but we've done it ourselves is we, we love it. We do what we lovingly call taking in strays. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, a lot of people take in stray cats or stray dogs and we take in stray humans. Yep. You uh -huh. <laughs> know, so he's kind of been this revolving door of like, we're the ones who have the, the, the lease or whatever, where our names are the ones that are on the paperwork, but any number of family members or friends or acquaintances or whatever that we feel comfortable with have come in and out of our house. Right. And in and out of our lives. Yeah. yeah. In and out of our lives ever since the day we met. And it's just kind of that personality that we have that we, we are able to accept you into our home, accept mm -hmm. you into our lives, you know, and, and give you what you need to send you on your way to your be next best part of your life. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, you know, your yeah. next best part. And we've had friends who stayed with us for a couple years and then fall by the wayside and, you know, do some stuff. But that's, again, their choice. I mean, we cannot make choices for these people. Right. That's but, not for us to do, but we can show them what our lives are like and how we live and say, you know, this is what we do. You know, I mean, we have kids, we have pets, we have everything else. And... You know, we struggle every day and they see that. I mean, we fight, we argue, we do this, that, and everything. <laughs> and they're right there, but we're together and we're still going forward. And know? they know that they're always welcome in our home, too. Right. You know, unless you do us wrong in such a horrible or, you know, such an outrageous way, you're always welcome in our home. Right. And, and even if you do us wrong and that we don't wish ill upon you no, or ill no, will no. toward you, it's not like that. It's just, no, you know, we, we choose that we don't have to have that in our life any right. longer. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, you know, that's all there is to it. Right. So, but, you know, modern, the, the construct of modern heathenry is so in-depth in the sense that um, how we deal with each other, how we deal with the people around us, um, especially with all the new stuff coming out. So, 
the question arises, you know, what do we do with all this new stuff? I mean, I don't want to go around correcting people all the time when they're talking about Thor. But in the same token, I don't want them understanding that that Thor is my Thor. So, you know, kind of nicely, you know, I try to say, you know, what? it's an actual religion that people follow. And I do worship Thor, especially on Thor's day, which is Thursday. To you, to me, it's Thor's dogger. So... You know, just understand that when you're going about and you're talking about your Thor, understand that your comic book Thor is different than my Thor. Right. They're two different entities. Um, yours is fake, mine is real. You know, and yours may be based on mine, but it's not the true form of mine. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know, without saying it too rudely, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say it without sounding rude because it's not what I meant to do, but... You know, it's just that your Thor is not my Thor, and I'd like to keep them separate. Right, exactly. That's all. Not that there's anything wrong with their Thor. I mean, if they want to venerate a comic book, let them venerate a comic book. Right, I along. Mean, you know, th there's people who, who are Jedis who came out of popular yep. culture, and they believe in that as a yep. religion, and that's cool for yep. them. And so. if your kids are reading the Thor comic books and the idea that they're reading something about Thor, you can use that as a stepping stone to bring into the real Thor and build upon that. And same thing with friends and family. I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, how would you even start talking about heathenry with friends and family? I was like, well, have they seen the Thor movies? You know? Right, and there's a lot of the gods and stuff in the yeah. Thor movies. It's yep. not just Thor himself. In the first one, you've got Seth, you've got... Yep. Loki, you've got Hamdall, Hamdall, and Freya, right? Yeah, and Freya is in there, yeah. And, and, and of course, Freya Odin and Odin. Yeah, and Frigga, yep. And so you've got them all in there, and yeah. you've got that concept of okay, there's more than one. Right. This last one, you had the Valkyries in it, and yes, a bunch of others. Yes, I mean, yes. you had the whole the whole realm of Asgard was in there. I mean, it was just great. It was. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. One so I mean, you could you go ahead. one thing that I I like about Stanley's. Um, Thor Ragnarok movie is how he made the 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 space island where they live, like how he made all the buildings. You mean Asgard? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what, that's what I was saying. And how he made the characters look like yeah. the. Oh, you liked um, you liked Hela in that one, didn't you? Yeah, Hela looked pretty cool too. Yeah. I did yeah. like that too. And you know, they, they showed the they showed Valhalla and everything else. It was really neat. I mean, I, I think that's a good stepping stone. So yeah. So, we're going to break here for a second. I'm going to grab something to drink here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more, and um, that'll be our talk for the evening then. And we'll come to you tomorrow again. So, thanks for listening. Be right back. Okay, guys, we are back here. I got something to drink. I hope you all did too. And uh, we're talking about the construct of modern heathenry. And we left off, we were talking about the Thor Ragnarok movie, how my son liked uh, Valhalla and stuff. So... With the resurgence of all this and Vikings on the History Channel and a few other things, I think it's prime time that we are able to start growing as a path for people, start getting out there. I'm not saying proselytize, that's not what we do, but I'm saying begin to be yourself, begin to wear your Thor's hammer out, let people see it. I mean, I wear my Thor's hammer out every single day. I have a giant <laughs> necklace with um, runes on it and everything. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm running from mayor of this town and everything, and nobody seems to care. And I'm in the Bible Belt in the middle of Alabama. Right. Nobody right. cares that I'm heathen because, in all honesty, I'm a good person. They know me. They know that I'm out to do good for the community, period. And that little thing I wear on my neck doesn't matter to them, whether right. it be a cross exactly. or a hammer. 
You know, there are a few, don't get me wrong, which will be like, oh, he's not a Christian. Oh, my goodness. But in all honesty, that's not what I found here. Um, no. Once I mean, people get I to know me here. One or two people like yeah. that. It's not very much. Yeah, but once they get to know me, they change yeah, their mind. Exactly. They, they know, yeah, exactly. They know us as a good as a good family. Like yeah. They, this is a small town. They've, they've realized, you know, they're just a good family. They're not... Yeah, it's funny. I was talking the other day. Yeah, I'm I'm so ingrained in the town. I was talking to the police chief the other day, and I said something to him about you know moving here about three years ago, and he's like, "No, I thought you always lived here." I said, "No, dude, I I didn't always live here. I only moved here like three years ago." He's like, "No, no, you've lived here for years." I'm like, "No, only three years." And he's like, "Wow, man, I thought you were like born here and your kids are raised here." I was like. I wish, but no, that's that's why we're here, though. I want my kids to be raised that's why here. I don't have a southern voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a loud, high pitched southern voice. Right. Close the door. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was funny, but, you know, in that moment, I realized that I've become part of this town and that even though I am a heathen in this town, and I'm very big on being a heathen, as you guys know, I mean, I run a podcast, I have a. Kindred. Uh, kindred and I'm always out doing stuff as a heathen I mean even the hospital would join me in my heathen you know <laughs> practices in the morning to worship the new day sun and you know it's it, they don't care yeah, I mean our, my doctor our, knows me as a heathen neighbors who have been like what are you guys partying for over there this week and stuff and yeah. it's not we're having a party but they don't we're understand. having a right yeah. yeah they don't understand that we're having a ritual they just see it as we're having a good time because yep. usually they're there like they don't see the actual ritual part of it because it's really kind of sure. quiet quiet yeah yeah we, we kind of keep it quiet because it's just the environment that we have but that like when we when we do our sunbolt and after our sunbolt when we have our feasting and stuff yeah that's we are loud and rocking yeah we have a good time a yeah good time. we usually yep. have a bonfire going and right like just nice. having a good a good old time with yeah and that's friends. that's when we invite the people in they come along they have a good time right. and they're like wow these are heathen people I, I didn't realize it I mean it went so far as we had a party at our local church yes as heathens. Fun. You know, very and, fun. and there were there were it was a it was great because there were heathens and Christians right together breaking but, bread together literally right and you know what really blew my mind with the whole thing is that there were people within my kindred who had a hard time about us doing it at a church yeah that was kind of strange and I, I would have expected it the other way around but it wasn't it was that way and that blew my mind and, and it was a lot of fixing in my in my heathen community kindred, here yeah. and in my kindred to fix the problem of them having a problem with this happening in a church right I, I it just blew my mind but either way that's for another discussion some other time it doesn't matter about who you are who, right like a heathens can be together with like thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians. Right. Maybe some will ask what's that symbol for. Right. But a lot of them will, will like he's just one of us. Right. I look at it like when I was a Boy Scout leader and I went to the Jamboree down there in um in Washington DC. So you had the side and American Boy Scouts are big on Christianity. Real big on Christianity. But you had a whole side that was a bunch of Boy Scouts from, like, all over the world that were, like, Muslim and Sikh and Hindi and everything else. And they were having their worship services at the same time the Boy Scouts were having their Christian services. And nobody cared. 
in the sense that that was their place, this is our place, this is where we go, that's where they go. And 10 seconds after each of their services were done, they were together being boys, having a good time, and enjoying each other's company, trading patches, trading pins, doing all the stuff that Boy Scouts do without a care on whether or not you had a little symbol of a of a cross on your thing or a little symbol of a moon or a little symbol of something else right. or the ohm symbol. It didn't matter to them. They were trading with each other like like they were boys being boys and that's all that mattered. And I look at it like why can't we just be human beings not caring about which gods we believe in or which gods we think are right or which gods we think are wrong. You know, I know Christians don't treat us very well, and, you know, sometimes I don't think we treat Christians very well, but in the long run, if we would just understand from each other that we each had a right to believe the way that we want to believe, we could get over all the stupidity and just begin right. being. Right. That's why I like, you know? That's why I like China, because they made the eagle symbol. You like China? Yeah. The he likes China. The eagle symbol. Yeah. Half can be Christians, half can be heathens. They're still humans. Right, right. They they can worship the same, the the opposite. Just as long as they, they worship the emperor. As long as they worship. <laughs> right. Right. Hey. Yeah. So with that said, guys, I am going to let you all go for the night. I want to thank you for joining me, my wife Kelly, and my son. Bye. So we want to tell you all to have a great night and uh, keep your heathen practices up. Uh, what do you want to talk about tomorrow, Kelly? I don't know yet. I don't know. I was going to do uh, Tuesday and story time, but I decided to talk instead. Maybe we'll put story time up tomorrow. Maybe we can do story time tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to make some soap tomorrow. tomorrow. Maybe we can do some have mall listening or something. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. So I'll try and put something up for you guys. Not try, I'll put something up for you guys for sure, no matter what. Um, <laughs> I, but I'll be I, making some soap and stuff tomorrow and doing some of the things around the house that we like to do that are kind of skillful the old ways. So, uh, family-oriented. Yeah, family-oriented. I want to read you guys a page of the Have Mall tomorrow. Okay, a whole page? A page. A page. Are you going to read it in Icelandic for us? No, I can't. Oh, okay. I, I can speak it in English for you guys. Okay, that works for me. So <laughs> tomorrow, maybe I'll record that and let you guys all hear that. That'd be great. <laughs> so I want to thank you all for joining us at the Modern Heathen Man. Tell you to have a great night and thanks again. And hail to you for listening and learning and doing what you need to do as a heathen. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. My podcast is live from my car. Because my family and I were out all day doing stuff, getting ready for school for the boys. It's almost time, two weeks, and they'll be going to school. Karen will get his new classroom, and EJ will be going back to high school for 11th grade. Yeah, 11th grade. year. Gosh, they're, they're getting so big. It's crazy. So, yeah, we're out doing our school shopping, and it was craziness, and um, all the things that the teachers specifically wanted for their classrooms, and, of course, the new clothing and the new shoes and socks and underwear and all the good stuff for... <laughs> For school, you know what that's like. So today, we're just going to come and talk to you about modern heathenry a little bit. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about the nine noble virtues or something like that. Um, basically, just have a talk. Yeah, and, uh, good. Yeah, sounds good. My wife's with me, obviously. My little son's back there. Hopefully, he'll talk tonight. I don't know. Yeah, he said hello. So hopefully, he'll talk tonight. We'll see what goes on. But when we come back, we'll talk about modern heathenry. So grab yourself a horn. Grab yourself a cup. Grab yourself some meat or some coffee, whatever you want to do. I got myself a soda tonight. So join us as we talk about modern heathenry 
in the modern world and the conscript of what it is, our construct of what it is, pardon me. So I'll be back with you in a few moments here, and thanks for joining us. Hey everyone, Joe and Kelly and my little boy back again. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us here. So something weird happened to me yesterday. I wanted to bring it up a little bit. So we went to a local gun shop and we were doing some business there. And um, while we were there, we were waiting for something. And one of the girls that worked there said something about not going to church anymore or not attending church anymore. Do you remember that? She went, she didn't want to go to that particular church anymore. Yeah. She wouldn't go to that they, particular they church anymore. Something or whatever. Yeah. They gave, they called her name or something. And I was like, yeah, I know what that's like. And you know, and she's like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I don't want to church anymore either. And she goes, yeah, I thought I recognized the necklace, but then she left it at that. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I thought about it for a little bit and I kind of thought, man, you know, if they recognize the necklace, then we're starting to get out there. We're starting to get our movement going, our path flowing, where people are starting to recognize it. Right. But then the question arose, what did she recognize about it? And I, I almost want to go back and ask her about that. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, does she think I'm one of the ones that, you know, are a racist? Does she think I'm one of the ones that are this or one of the ones that are that? You know, at first, it kind of bothered me a little bit, and I thought, you know, it doesn't really matter just that the path is getting out there, just the idea of, you know, modern heathenry and people being heathen is getting out to the point that people are starting to recognize... The symbols. The symbols, like our hammer and our jewelry. Well, I had something... I haven't even told you this, because I had something similar happen the other day. Um, I think it was Sunday at work, maybe Saturday... Um, there was a gentleman that came in and he was a truck driver. I work at a gas station, just so y'all know. And, um, this guy came in and he's like, a Thor's hammer. Yes, you wear one. He's like, I love the Vikings. I study them. They had the, the all these attributes that he was talking about. And he's like, are you Odinist? I said, no, I wouldn't consider myself an Odinist because my beliefs are a little bit different than theirs. I'm what, what we call a Satru. Similar beliefs, but a little bit different way of going about it. He's like, that is so cool. I love the Vikings. I study the culture in-depthly. And I can't remember what he said the attributes were. It was like something of Sparta and something of this and something of that. And he was really, really enamored that there was somebody out there who was a Viking. Yeah, our our the help of the Viking belief yeah, system. The yeah, the help of the Viking belief system. I mean, he still th he thought I was a Viking. Like right. that's what I that's what I associated with. I'm like, not necessarily, but the the Norse ideals and stuff, but right. not that Viking military military right. idea. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think with the resurgence of the, of the show Vikings, um, you know that the History Channel has done has really brought about a rebirth of the idea of Vikings, what they believed and how they believed stuff. I mean, the show didn't get too much into their religion or to um, their real practices. It followed its basic storyline with the love story and um, Ragnar Lothbrok and, you know, a couple other people and Rolo and stuff like that. Um, to be honest with you, I am related to Rolo. I mean, in my family line, Rolo is there. Right. Not That's not what drove me into Asatru, to be honest with you, but it's there, you know? So, 
I don't hold to that or anything else other than he happens to be in my bloodline. Also, King Knut of um, England is in there, and a couple other kings King that King you... King was of Norway. Of Norway, sorry, yes, of Norway, pardon me. And a couple other kings are in there that you would recognize as Viking kings. That doesn't really matter to me. I, I never really got into what they were or how they acted solely because I was part of that, just because... I just feel at home in a Satru. I mean, that's right, just right? the bottom line. You know, I think anybody who feels at home in a Satru feels that, you know, right. that that's why they come to it. Right. Because they feel at home. Right. That's why I came to it. So as I was going to say, though, the, the thing was is that with the resurgence of Vikings, a lot of people are beginning to see our path, to recognize our path. And I almost wish that the show would have done something on the lines of showing their religion or showing some of their religious practices. Right. Um, the 13th Warrior did a great thing of showing the funeral that Ibn Fadlan saw, but it really it wasn't that great. I mean, it was great, you know, the way Ibn Fadlan described it in Rus, but we weren't told that it was Rus. We weren't told that it was this. And that comes from the the Norse study in me to know where it was, how it happened and everything like that. And it was great for people to see. And the 13th warrior, of course, was a storyline, right? It's a storyline of what supposedly happened to Ibn Fadlan. Um, and it's great. I mean, if you read his writings, they're incredible. So the thing is though, with these resurgences, we see people that come out of nowhere, you know, and just oh, all of a sudden they, they want to do Viking this, Viking that, Viking the other thing. And we have to explain that we're not Vikings. We're not those people. We are Norse pagans. We are the people that do the religion of the Vikings. And to say that we're Viking is like calling every American a Marine. It just doesn't work that way. Or every American a GI or every American a flyboy. It doesn't work. I mean, there's no way that that collates to every American. And it's the same thing with the Vikings, how they were the military aspect of the people. But back home, you had the farmers, you had the laborers, you had the right. people that did the things that created the society the Vikings belonged to. So, yeah, I kind of wish they, they do some stuff in that nature and show how the Norse society truly lived. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get you get some of that with the pop culture references and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, even with the the thing about Thor. Yeah, I was going to bring Thor up actually. Yeah. How it's totally different with uh, Stan Lee's Thor. Right. But he, I mean, he took some of the elements originally from the Norse pagan mm -hmm. myths and stuff, and then incorporated them into a superhero character. Um, but then there's like, you know, now there there's kind of an uproar in the community because. At Comic-Con this weekend, they just announced that the next movie, Thor, was going to be a woman. Right, right. And in the comic books, he does change gender. Right. And we have to learn, you know, we have to begin to separate. And, and I've been doing this since the beginning. You know, I learned to separate that Thor from our Thor. I right. mean, there can be multiple Thors, obviously. But, you know, it's a construct of what Stan Lee believed Thor would be in a comic book and to turn him into a superhero, it's nice that he gave him that, you know, name and everything else, but this is not our Thor. He has a lot of attributes of our Thor, but is not our Thor. Right. So, like, when Joe goes to the doctor, his doctor's office, they, they are always commenting on, you know... Asatru and his Thor's hammer and things like that. And there's one nurse, the last time we went in there um, a couple weeks ago, she's like, your, your Thor's hammer. I just love Thor. Right, so <laughs> my question is, 
do you love Thor or do you love Thor? <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're talking the movies. I love Thor, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So, but, you know, in all honesty, you know, we have to separate those things as modern pagans and as modern heathens. We have to move them aside and understand what people are doing. I mean, I told you guys about the guy at the, at the uh, gas station one day when I get out and say, oh, you have a beautiful Thor's hammer that's, you know, tattooed under your calf. Oh, no, no, you know, yeah, yeah, that's Thor's thing. And then we're talking about, and I was like, sorry, you're practicing, you know, pagan. And he's like, practicing what? You know, Norse pagan. And he like, looked at me like I was crazy. Didn't understand this was a symbol of our religion, that people follow this. That this is an actual path that people follow in life to a god. Right, and now he has it on his body forever. Yeah, now he has it on his body forever, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I got a bunch of uh, Marvel, Marvel tattoos. tattoos. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not the Marvel comic hammer. That's the hammer of our religion, and he's like, oh. You know, so now he's freaking out because he has this pagan symbol on his leg, and he didn't realize it, you know? But also, like... With going along with that, we went to Walmart the other day. Yeah, I was going to say this. And, and there's a Thor's hammer in Walmart in, yeah. in the jewelry the section. The battle axe. And the battle axe. And the Gunganeer. And the, the Gunganeer spear. And I mean, yeah. so going into Walmart in the jewelry section, now you're starting to see, now it may be the Marvel comic Thor's hammer or a representation of it, but it's there as a pagan symbol. And yep. they're getting more of that. And, you know, as far as like... The witches, the, the stars for for pentacles and pentagrams and things like that. And, you know, symbols that aren't necessarily Christian-related symbols they're starting right. to get more of, which is kind of nice to see as well. Because they're starting to believe, start to realize there's more than just the Christian people right, in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, modern heathenism and modern being a modern heathen in today's society. So uh, give us a few moments. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we are back, and I want to thank you all for listening to the promos that are in between here. Those are all heathen businesses that are looking to help you with your heathen walk and do the things that you need to get along, like with uh, runes and little um, effigies and things to keep your beard looking good and smelling good. Yeah. My wife here smells my beard. Can I smell it? Smells it smells good. You know. Yeah, it smells very good. He uses all. He always gets this beard oil stuff when they want him to try his products and <laughs> test them. And he gets always the big bottles that you can buy in the shop for like five dollars. <laughs> five dollars or twelve dollars. Wow. Twelve dollars. Yeah. That that's from our, our friend over there at Company. No, that's the other one I'm trying recently. I don't like it that much though to be honest with you. Um it but doesn't smell good that much. No, I think it smelled that good. I think it smelled good, but either way, it's all right. So those heathens helping heathens getting your businesses going. Um so you know check them out if you get a chance. Yeah definitely. Definitely. So as we were talking talking about you know the, the modern world you know is getting ready to see us as heathens and learn about us and and everything else and you know we want to put our best foot forward and we we're talking yesterday about the nine noble virtues mm -hmm. and how you know they, they're a good representation of frith you know this is my personal idea of it they're a good representation of frith and what um, we should, as heathens should do and the frith that we should bring with us and show I mean Dude, Frith is so in-depth. It's really hard to explain. 
Um, it's really hard to put your finger on what it is. You know it when it's there, you know when it's not there. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. But it's so hard to explain what it is. So, I mean, our best foot forward is to follow, you know, those virtues if we can. Um, a couple other, make sure we're not oath breakers, make sure we, you know, are hospitable. One of the greatest things I've seen is the beginning of the have them all. And within those first few verses, Odin describes how we are supposed to act and treat others. Um, it's a really good idea of what we're supposed to do. I mean, he talks about the traveler coming and wants to warm himself by the fire and how we're supposed to give him a cloak and let him warm himself by the fire to fill his belly with soup or food to, you know, help him out, but keep our wits about us. Don't lose your wits and, you know, don't talk too much. Let them talk more and return a gift with a gift and so on and so forth. And these are all great aspects. And, you know, one of the best things I think he ever says is, is that a good friend's house is close no matter how far, but a bad friend's house is far no matter how close. And I think in those words, it truly describes... I Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in just those words alone. I, yep. And, you know, I, I see that every day. Like, it's not something... It's not something I ever learned, I don't think, growing up. Right. But it's something, you know, that, that we've come, especially us, we've come to realize very much so lately. Yeah, over the years, I mean, we, we've learned a lot about people, and it seems as if people are actually getting worse in the world. Um, you know, just the news today was horrible. I mean, guy riding around with his wife dead next to him, and he killed somebody else, and, you know, people doing bad things to kids, and... A father that shot his son in the face and then shot himself. I mean, what kind of world is this anymore? I mean, these people, they, they have no ideas. They have no path to follow. So they're just off the wall. I mean, they're just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, you know. And here we are getting beat up by Christians, even though we live a more frithful life than the, the um, average Joe, well, you know. A, a more moral life, I yeah. think, at times. and. You know, working in the public like I do, working with the public all day long, it was kind of offensive this weekend to me because I had I had a bad day on Saturday. Um, we just had a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in our lives in general. And then I go to work, and I'm having a bad day at work. There's machines down. There's this going on. There's that going on. So it's a really bad day. And I have three people approach me and ask me, where do you go to church? You should go to church more. You should really go to church. And I'm like, I, I don't need to go to a church. I don't need to go to a building to be... Get better. Yeah, to get better. I need to go home. I need to meditate. I need to center myself. And I, I need to get back to basics there's been just a lot going on and it's overwhelming yeah i mean i don't mean to quote christians when i say you know these people they're lost i mean they're they are they're, very lost they're in this place where I, I don't even begin to understand what it is and what's going on and you know what's driving them to be the way they are you know i, I talked to a christian friend of mine i have a lot of christian friends and um one friend in particular i'm really close to he's local and him and i talk quite a bit you know, and I try to explain to them one day, you know, in our religion, we don't have a devil. We don't have a force that causes us to do evil. If we do evil, we, we do evil. 
Right. We choose that every single day, what path we're going to take and whether or not we're going to be a good person, a bad person, a moral person, or an in-between person. There's nobody that we can blame at the end of the road and say, oh, this person made me do it, or that person made me do it, or this spirit made me do it, or that spirit made me do it. We choose every single day how to treat people. We treat people good because that's how we're supposed to treat each other. You know, we, we care about the homeless person and the person that's hungry because they're human beings and we know what it's like to be hungry and cold and lonely. And that's why we treat them the way we do. Not because we get some great reward at the end for doing so. The reward comes from the friendship, the honor, and the loyalty we get from those that we do help. You know, our reward comes from us being good people, period. And I think that's one of the things you and I try to teach our children. I mm -hmm. mean, our, one of the things we've done, and we don't suggest everybody do this, but we've done it ourselves, is we, we, love, we do what we lovingly call taking in strays. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, a lot of people take in stray cats or stray dogs, and we take in stray humans. Yep. In our house. Uh -huh. So, there's kind of been this revolving door of, like, we're the ones who have the, the, the lease or whatever. We're, our names are the ones that are on the paperwork. But any number of family members or friends or acquaintances or whatever that we feel comfortable with have come in and out of our house right and in and out of our lives yeah. yeah in and out of our lives ever since the day we met and it's just kind of that personality that we have that we we are able to accept you into our home accept mm -hmm. you into our lives you know and and give you what you need to send you on your way to your be next best part of your life. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, you know, your yeah. next best part. And we've had friends who stayed with us for a couple of years and then fall by the wayside and, you know, do some stuff. But that's, again, their choice. I mean, we cannot make choices for these people. Right. That's but, not for us to do, but we can show them what our lives are like and how we live and say, you know, this is what we do. You know, I mean, we have kids, we have pets, we have everything else. And... You know, we struggle every day and they see that. I mean, we fight, we argue, we do this, that, and everything. <laughs> and they're right there, but we're together and we're still going forward. And know? they know that they're always welcome in our home, too. Right. You know, unless you do us wrong in such a horrible or, you know, such an outrageous way, you're always welcome in our home. Right. And, and even if you do us wrong and that we don't wish ill upon you no, or ill no, will no. toward you, it's not like that. It's just, no. you know, we choose that we don't have to have that in our life any right. longer. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, you know, that's all there is to it. Right. So, but, you know, modern, the, the construct of modern heathenry is so in-depth in the sense that um, how we deal with each other, how we deal with the people around us, um, especially with all the new stuff coming out. So the question arises, you know, what do we do with all this new stuff? I mean, I don't want to go around correcting people all the time when they're talking about Thor, but in the same token, I don't want them understanding that that Thor is my Thor. So, you know, kind of nicely, you know, I try to say, you know what, it's an actual religion that people follow. And I do worship Thor, especially on Thor's day, which is Thursday. To you, to me, it's Thor's dogger. So, you know, just understand that when you're going about and you're talking about your Thor, understand that your comic book Thor is different than my Thor. Right. They're two different entities. Um, yours is fake, mine is real. You know, and yours may be based on mine, but it's not the true form of mine. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know, without saying it too rudely, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say it without sounding rude because it's not what I meant to do, but... 
you know, it's just that your Thor is not my Thor, and I'd like to keep them separate. Right, exactly. That's all. Not that there's anything wrong with their Thor. I mean, if they want to venerate a comic book, let them venerate a comic book. Right, be along. And, you know, there's people who, who are Jedis who came out of popular yep. culture, and they believe in that as a yep. religion, and that's cool for yep. them. And so. if your kids are reading the Thor comic books and the idea that they're reading something about Thor, you can use that as a stepping stone to bring into the real Thor and build upon that. And same thing with friends and family. I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, how would you even start talking about heathenry with friends and family? I was like, well, have they seen the Thor movies? You know? Right, and there's a lot of the gods and stuff in the yeah. Thor movies. It's yep. not just Thor himself. In the first one, you've got Sith, you've got... Yep. Loki, you've got Hamdall, Hamdall, and Freyr, right? Yeah, and Freyr is in there, yeah. And, and, and of course, Freya Odin. And Odin. Yeah, and Frigga, yep. And so you've got them all in there, and yeah. you've got that concept of okay, there's more than one. Right. This last one, you had the Valkyries in it, and yes, a bunch of others. Yes, I mean, yes. you had the whole the whole realm of Asgard was in there. I mean, it was just great. It was. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. One so I mean, you could you go ahead. one thing that I I like about Stanley's. Um, Thor Ragnarok movie is how he made the 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 space island where they live, like how he made all the buildings. You mean Asgard? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what. So I was saying. And how he made the characters look like yeah. the. Oh, you liked um, you liked Hela in that one, didn't you? Yeah, Hela looked pretty cool too. Yeah. I did yeah. like that too. And you know, they, they showed the they showed Valhalla and everything else. It was really neat. I mean, I, I think that's a good stepping stone. So yeah. So, we're going to break here for a second. I'm going to grab something to drink here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more, and um, that'll be our talk for the evening then. And we'll come to you tomorrow again. So, thanks for listening. Be right back. Okay, guys, we are back here. I got something to drink. I hope you all did too. And uh, we're talking about the construct of modern heathenry. And we left off, we were talking about the Thor Ragnarok movie, how my son liked uh, Valhalla and stuff. So... With the resurgence of all this and Vikings on the History Channel and a few other things, I think it's prime time that we are able to start growing as a path for people, start getting out there. I'm not saying proselytize, that's not what we do, but I'm saying begin to be yourself, begin to wear your Thor's hammer out, let people see it. I mean, I wear my Thor's hammer out every single day. I have a giant <laughs> necklace with um, runes on it and everything. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm running from mayor of this town and everything, and nobody seems to care. And I'm in the Bible Belt in the middle of Alabama. Right. Nobody right. cares that I'm heathen because, in all honesty, I'm a good person. They know me. They know that I'm out to do good for the community, period. And that little thing I wear around my neck doesn't matter to them, whether right. it be a cross exactly. or a hammer. You know, there are a few, don't get me wrong, which would be like, oh, he's not Christian. Oh, my goodness. But... In all honesty, that's not what I found here. Um, no. Once I mean, people get I to know me here. One or two people. Like yeah. That. It's not very much. Yeah, but once they get to know me, they change yeah, their mind. Exactly. They, they know. Yeah. They know us as a good, as a good family. Like yeah. They, this is a small town. They they realize, you know, they're just a good family. They're not. There's yeah, it's funny. I was talking the other day. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ingrained in the town. I was talking to the police chief the other day, and I said something to him about you know moving here about three years ago, and he's like, "No, I thought you always lived here." And I said, "No, dude, I, I I didn't always live here. I only moved here like three years ago." He's like, "No, no, you've lived here for years." I'm like, 
no, only three years. And he's like, wow, man, I thought you were like born here and your kids are raised here. I was like, I wish, but no, that's that's why we're here though. I want my kids to be raised that's why here. I don't have a southern voice. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Loud, high pitched southern voice. Close <laughs> the door. All right. <laughs> so yeah, so it was funny, but you know, in that moment I realized that I've become part of this town and that even though I am a heathen in this town, and I'm very big on being a heathen, as you guys know, I mean, I run a podcast, I have a, a kindred, and I'm always out doing stuff as a heathen. I mean, even the hospital would join me in my heathen, you know, <laughs> practices in the morning to worship the New Day sun. And, you know, it's, it, they don't care. Yeah, I mean, our, my doctor our, knows me as a heathen. neighbors who have been like, what are you guys partying for over there this week and stuff? And yeah. it's not we're having a party, but they don't. We're like, having a right, yeah. Yeah, they don't understand that we're having a ritual. They just see it as we're having a good time because yep. usually they're there, like, they don't see the actual ritual part of it because it's really kind of sure. quiet. Quiet, yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of keep it quiet because it's just the environment that we have. But that like when we when we do our sunbolt and after our sunbolt when we have our feasting and stuff yeah that's we are loud and rocking yeah we have a good time a yeah good time. we usually yep. have a bonfire going and right like just nice. having a good a good old time with yeah and that's friends. that's when we invite the people in they come along they have a good time right. and they're like wow these are heathen people I, I didn't realize it i mean it went so far as we had a party at our local church yes as heathens fun. You know, very and, and there were there were it was a it was great because there were heathens and Christians right together breaking but, bread together literally right and you know what really blew my mind with the whole thing is that there were people within my kindred who had a hard time about us doing it at a church yeah that was kind of strange and to I, me. I would have expected it the other way around but it wasn't it was that way. And that blew my mind, and, and it was a lot of fixing in my in my heathen community kindred, here, yeah. and in my kindred to fix the problem of them having a problem with this happening in a church. Right. I, I it just blew my mind. But either way, that's for another discussion, some other time. It doesn't matter about who you are. Right. Like a heathens can be together with like thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians. Right. Maybe some will ask, what's that symbol for? Right. But a lot of them will, will, like, he's just one of us. Right. I look at it like when I was a Boy Scout leader and I went to the Jamboree down there in um, in Washington, D.C. So you had the side, and American Boy Scouts are big on Christianity, real big on Christianity. But you had a whole side that was a bunch of Boy Scouts from, like, all over the world that were like Muslim and Sikh and Hindi and everything else. And they were having their worship services at the same time the Boy Scouts were having their Christian services. And nobody cared in the sense that that was their place. This is our place. This is where we go. That's where they go. And 10 seconds after each of their services were done, they were together being boys, having a good time. And enjoying each other's company, trading patches, trading pins, doing all the stuff that Boy Scouts do without a care on whether or not you had a little symbol of a of a cross on your thing or a little symbol of a moon or a little symbol of something else right. or the Ohm symbol. It didn't matter to them. They were trading with each other like, like they were boys being boys. And that's all that mattered. And I look at it like, why can't we just be human beings not caring about 
which gods we believe in or which gods we think are right or which gods we think are wrong. You know, I know Christians don't treat us very well, and, you know, sometimes I don't think we treat Christians very well, but in the long run, if we would just understand from each other that we each had a right to believe the way that we want to believe, we can get over all the stupidity and just begin right. being. Right. That's why I like you know? That's why I like China because they made the eagle symbol. You like China? Yeah. He likes China. The eagle symbol. Yeah. Half can be Christians, half can be heathens. They're still humans. Right, right. They they can worship the same the the opposite just As long as they, they worship the emperor. As long as they worship <laughs> Right? Right. Yeah. So with that said, guys, I am going to let you all go for the night. I want to thank you for joining me, my wife, Kelly, and my son. Bye. So we want to tell you all to have a great night and uh, keep your heathen practices up. Uh, what do you want to talk about tomorrow, Kelly? I don't know yet. I don't know. I was going to do uh, Tuesday and story time, but I decided to talk instead. Maybe we'll put story time up tomorrow. Maybe we can do story time tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to be making some soap tomorrow. tomorrow. Maybe we could do some have them all listening or something. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. So I'll try and put something up for you guys. Not try, I'll put something up for you guys for sure, no matter what. Um, <laughs> I, but I'll be I, making some soap and stuff tomorrow and doing some of the things around the house that we like to do that are kind of skillful the old ways. So, uh, family-oriented. Yeah, family-oriented. Guys, a page of the Have Mole tomorrow. Okay, a whole page. A page. A page. Are you gonna read it in Icelandic for us? No, I can't. Oh, okay. I I can speak it in English for you guys. Okay, that works for me. So <laughs> tomorrow, maybe I'll record that and let you guys all hear that. That'd be great. <laughs> so I want to thank you all for joining us, at the Modern Heathen Man. Tell you to have a great night and thanks again and hail to you for listening and learning and doing what you need to do as a heathen. Bye guys. Bye bye. Bye.